Hello and welcome to ACY Table Talks. ACY Table Talks is sponsored by the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Program team through ACY. The Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Program team has been established by the Board of Trustees to support the development of programs and educational content for members to advance their competency in social justice. While the team will collaborate with other ACY component groups, its purpose is to advance the vision of the association related to diversity, equity, and inclusion through news and standalone educational programs and initiatives. The DEI program team hinges its offerings along the ACY social justice core competency. This core competency speaks to the ability to seek understanding and respect for persons of all cultural, social, and ability identities. The work to create environments that foster inclusive participation of all groups in unconditional human worth and to advocate for equity and social justice with and for all identities and communities through education, support, awareness, advocacy, and allocation of resources. Last but not least, the relevancy of table talks. We're here honoring our commitment to shared resources, expansions of thought, and intentional focus of helping members gain the knowledge that leads to justice-based leadership or actions on their respective campuses. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy. Hello, Brittany Williams. How are you? I'm doing good. Good people of the association. This is Coretta King, co-chair of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Program team. And here with me is no, our, well, I was about to say none other, but pause. <laughs> That's my Northwestern spill. Um, one of our beloved ACUI legacy members has done a lot for the association, served as a co-chair of COMP, um, a part of the 2019 annual conference Indianapolis um, conference program team, um, Brittany Williams. So for some who are newer, you missed out. <laughs> but you're going to get to join this today. But for those who have been around the association for a while, I am welcoming back Brittany because Brittany transitioned out of higher ed um, about six to eight months ago. But she's still doing great things and still a resource and advocate for those of us still doing work in higher ed. And so, Brittany, tell everybody what you've been up to and then we'll jump into today's topic. 
Yeah. Hi, everyone. Oh, my gosh. I love ACY. I miss y'all. <laughs> um, but like Credit said, I'm Brittany Williams. I currently work at work at LinkedIn. Um, I am an implementation consultant in our uh, enterprise solutions program, working with clients um, who have bought into larger investments and um, just different things like that. So really kind of working with them. I also help to... Um, run an initiative as well called Empower 1000, where we are actively um, ensuring that those that are marginalized um, and are underrepresented young students um, have access to networking um, and other resources to help them in their journeys, their career journeys, their, their um, student learning journeys as well. So doing a lot of and excited for the conversation today. Good, good, good. Again, it's good to have you here. Um, our topic today is a conversation targeted towards um, racial marginalized populations, but it's open to all. But it's about mentor, being involved in mentoring relationships or sponsorships. We want to speak to both the student side, um, the paraprofessional, as in like a graduate assistant, or graduate uh, degree seeking person, but then also the different levels of sponsorship and mentorship that happen at um, the beginning level of your career, maybe mid to senior level and so on and so forth. Um, we wanna be able to share some of that contextual pieces that sometimes don't come out um, formally. And we wanna talk about what are the benefits, what are the things that people could should consider um, on both sides of the relationship. So the person who may be the mentor or sponsor, what are some of the things that you need to be thinking about? And then also the mentee or the person being sponsored, what are some of the things that you need to take into the relationship or be mindful um, in order to honor everybody's time and to operate with reciprocity? So I'm gonna turn it over to Brittany just for a little bit. And Brittany, can you talk to us about your experiences either with mentoring or sponsorship, and then how do you distinguish the two? Yeah, um, so it, it's gonna be wild to say, I don't think I've ever had like a formal mentor. Um, and I'll get into a little bit of what I think of a mentor is, um, but I don't think I've ever had a formal mentor. What I've been fortunate enough to have are a lot of my um, women identified managers have turned into post, you know, leaving um, kind of the formal like employee manager relationship have turned into those um, kind of roles, so to speak, um, and more so unspoken than the traditional like your mentor, I'm mentee, that type of thing. So I wouldn't necessarily say like I have those, but I do have. Um, a lot of strong relationships with my previous managers um, that I still keep today that I, I look at in more of a mentorship and friendship lens. Um, when it, so when it comes to that, that, you know, I've been very fortunate enough in that, in that lane. As far as sponsorship is concerned, um, I, I know that I've had sponsors, you know, as it's come for my own career trajectory and being able to be a voice for me uh, when it comes to championing for me for um, a role that I may um, be going for. So I know that I've definitely experienced sponsorship in, in, in my career as well. Um, but the difference between the two for me is mentors take on um, a more personal um, relationship with you so they can be involved within your life um, on a more personal level than just a specific 
topic theme, you know, or, or whatever that may be. So instead of it just being career focused, a mentorship might be career focused, family focused. Um, so they really kind of dedicate their time and energy to you as a holistic person um, instead of in just one specific area um, that you might be looking for more growth and development in. Whereas a sponsor to me is somebody who really is kind of at a 5,000 foot level, knows who you are, knows the good work that, you doing, you know, that you're doing, but may not have that day-to-day -day interaction with you, may not, may not know you um, on a personal level, but may know of you. Um, so they have um, that, that acknowledgement of who you are, the work that you are doing. And because of that, they want to ensure that you continue to move forward um, within your career, your personal life, whatever that may be. And they, they take on that being able to champion your name in the rooms that they're in. Um, so that's kind of what I think of when it comes to mentor and sponsor. Um, I know specifically in an example for me, when I was at Northwestern, uh, we had some organizational changes that were happening and um, I saw an opportunity to really think about um, expanding our team and the events that we were doing and really creating a team. And so I would say like my managers, Coretta, Jeremy, um, were super on board and supportive of me. But when it comes to like the example of what a sponsor is, I think that above them, the Julie uh, Payne Kirchmeyer was a sponsor and being able to help get that across the finish line and to actually um, seeing that role come, come to pass for me so that I can be elevated um, to doing what I wanted to do. So that's kind of the difference between, for me, for mentor and sponsor. Uh, Coretta now is like a mentor slash big sister to me. <laughs> uh, whereas I see Julie still, even though I'm not at Northwestern, I do still see Julie as somebody who is a quote unquote sponsor. I would concur with that. Um, I pick at Jeremy and Julie a lot. Um, Jeremy Shank, uh, who is our incoming president, um, for 2021. Um, and then Julie Payne Kirschmeyer, who is also in leadership role over in NASPA. When I remember my interview, as soon as I sat down with Julie, the first thing she rolls out the, you know, her tongue, she's like, oh, I looked over your credential. It looks good. I can see where, you know, you're going to get involved and, you know, you're going to go for your doctorate and you're going to do all those things and da, da, da. And I had, unbeknownst to Julie in that moment, I would tell her about it later. I had run across Julie in three or four different type of developmental pieces that I had gone through, like mid-managers training through NASPA and HBA and blah, blah, blah. And so I valued her feedback, but I remember looking at her like, you think I'm about to start this new job, do this, do that, do three, you are out of your mind. Right. <laughs> like, because at that point, I'll be honest and I will sell this with my ACY story, I was a little bit jaded. Yeah. There yeah. were some surface pieces with some of the connections I made in different associations in the past. And I'm looking at her like, good luck. And then talk about sponsorship between Julie and Jeremy. Julie was just manifesting, come to find out, because I'm involved heavily in ACY, but then definitely I'm now on the PhD path. But it came at the right time for the right reasons, not just mm -hmm. stacking things or this is what's expected of me. Mm -hmm. um, but I, that's what sponsors do. They look at you and they know where your trajectory could go. They won't put their will on you, 
but they will drop those gems and those jewels. And you kind of mentioned it earlier, Brittany, there's informal and formal aspects to it. There are some people who are going to co-opt with you and they're going to become your formal mentors or your formal sponsors where you sit down, you have structure, you all come together periodically and there's targets, goals, outcomes, expectations, boundaries. And we'll talk about that shortly. But I think there's also people who informally, I say Julie does it both formally and informally, the way that she connects with her employees, but the way that she grows her leadership intentionally. Um, Because within my first year being at Northwestern, not only just myself, but myself and Brittany both received, um, what was it, corporate leadership consulting sponsored by Julie. It's something that she does for all her um, men to senior level leaders as they continue to grow um, at Northwestern. And that's her investing back because that's outside of the university, but it's intended to shape how you lead um, in our day-to-day spaces. But then also I referenced Jeremy and there's a reason for it. I think when I served at IUPY, Joe Hayes primed a pump. He was always talking about ACY. I didn't understand the connection. I didn't understand what all the, I called it back then, the hoopla was about. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm I'm glad you all in. But it wasn't until I went to the Women's Leadership Institute 2017, because I came to Northwestern summer 2017. And the only reason why I went, because Jeremy sponsored me. He, as soon as we're looking at my professional development, talking about that manager relationship you you talked about earlier, Brittany, he was like, oh, you need to go to this, and then we need to get you plugged in here. And again, I'm kind of looking at him the same way I looked at Julie, like, I don't know about that. Like, yeah, I've done some leadership institutes. I hear what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Changed my life. <laughs> yeah. And it's been like probably 20 more things that have happened to me. But then also, I would say the same thing for you as well, Brittany, like, that ability for people to see into you and want to see you grow in that path part, to me, that's more of the sponsors. I think the day-to-day helping you achieve specific goals or plateaus, that's mostly mentoring and coaching. And the coaching is a little bit separate because that could be really precise as well. Um, But a lot of times when somebody's helping you navigate your path, and helping open a door and putting you on different committees or introducing you to different people or making sure you're keeping different things in mind, that's usually sponsorship because they're helping you. It's like they're taking you under their wing and then they're pushing you closer to your North Star. Um, Because otherwise, sometimes if we think about marginalized identities, it's a lot harder for us to gain that access. And not because people don't want to share it, but there's a lot of, there's bias involved. Yeah. No matter how cute we try to talk about it, like equals like, even in higher ed. I didn't say it was okay. I didn't say it was acceptable. But a lot of times when those networking invitations come or those informal gatherings where certain people rub elbows and shoulders and knees and toes, sometimes we're not at the table, especially black women, I'm just going to name it. We're not always at the table. We're not always thought of, or depending on how we're navigating space from the daily day, we may not even be wanted in, in, in some of those spaces. And I don't know if you have anything that you wanted to chime in, Brittany. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I 100% agree. I think one of the things that I've been like kind of processing um, and listening to you was your touch on formal and informal mentors. Um, 
and I think it's important to to recognize, you know what I'm saying, like them for what they are, you know, like formal, like I, I said, I don't think that I've had a formal mentorship, but I've definitely had a ton of informal mentors, um, both, you know, within the different institutions that I've had within my own personal life, but then also within ACUI as well. Um, and so I think that informal mentorship matters, um, really being able to continue to create those relationships and um, maintain those relationships matter um, because you know I, when you're when you're thinking about them in both mentorship and sponsorship, you really got to get clear on who's who, <laughs> um, yeah. so you don't cross pollinate <laughs> <laughs> relationships because there's nothing worse than somebody who's really set up to be your sponsor that your expectation of them is to be more mentorship and then you get disappointed and things like that. Mm -hmm. So really taking a step back and getting clear on, okay, these are people I consider my mentors, having those conversations with those people as well, and then looking at the people who are your quote unquote sponsors and relying on them for, you know, those um, things, those things in that way. So, yeah. And I like how you broke down the separation or to me, it's like you're codifying or you're putting order. Like I'm thinking about the personal board of trustees in your life. There are certain things that you would ask a trustee to do that you wouldn't ask an everyday person, maybe in a manager or a certain leadership role. Um, but then the, the inverse is also true. You're not going to have your um, daily operational person doing certain thing that a, a trustee, only a trustee at their level can make certain decisions, right? Or give you advice or input or feedback. And I think some of those things are important because I think you have to also realize what do you want? No matter if it's a mentorship, if it's a coach, if it's a sponsor, what do you want? What are you looking for? Mm -hmm. um, like I said before, sponsors typically find you mentors you can pursue them or it may be joint or some yeah. of our universities have formal programs where you're matched or partnered or buddied up or we may even do these for students um, that we serve i know when i worked at iepui i was a part of a women's leadership uh, mentoring program where we match faculty staff with women identified folks and then we did a very intentional um, pre-survey and we use that survey to see where preferences on like maybe a student's major or outside curricular activities may connect with an interest or a passion of a faculty or staff member. But then we also gave credence, we asked some open-ended questions that hit on identity Mm -hmm. uh, because that's a part of the sponsorship mentor conversation too, especially mm -hmm. people of marginalized identities. The person mentoring you or sponsoring you may not look like you or may not hold all your identities or may hold some or may hold none. Mm -hmm. And navigating that is similar in my opinion. And Brittany, I'll let you, you know, inform us of what you think. I have a counseling background and I tell people it's no different. Mentoring and counseling have a lot of similarities. Mm -hmm. just like going to a doctor some people have gender preferences and different pieces that they ask for in advance or similar if you go to a spa mm -hmm. when it comes to mentoring you have to know what you can accept and then what's non-negotiable mm -hmm. for some people 
Different parts of your identity are non-negotiable when it comes to different people who you want to have some of these vulnerable conversations. Because whether you're being mentored or sponsored, there's an air of vulnerability that has to exist. You have to be able to dig deep. And if it's being done right, you're going to be challenged and you're going to be pushed. And you're going to have to create brave spaces, safe spaces to be able to open up and share and conquer past the things that may be holding you back. And you need to be thinking about the person that's mentoring me or the person I'm being sponsored by, can we go there? And if not, then what are some of the things that you need in a mentor or a sponsor so that you can get that? So Brittany, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think, you know, um, staying um, in contact and in touch with your identities and what your non-negotiables are, are super important. Because like you said, those safe and brave spaces happen. And sometimes in mentorship and sponsorship, it might push you to a realm of being uncomfortable, but you don't want to not feel safe or, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to not feel like you can't express yourself or, you know, kind of have those, um, intentional intelligent conversations and so you have to be super in tune with your identities and what you are really looking for um in both and so for me you know it's important for me to have mentors that identify as women um you know they don't necessarily need to come from my same racial background but they at least need to be an ally of um and so when i'm out there you know looking for that or you know creating those relationships with people, those are some of the things that matter to me. And I don't think that I can enter into a mentor mentor situation, even if somebody was really wanting to do that, um, if they didn't really meet some of those um, identities or some of those, uh, those um, kind of boundaries that I have set in place for myself. So I think you're absolutely right. That is something that is super important. Um, and, and, and I think something that not everybody really thinks about when they, when they look at mentorship is, you know, what are the identities that I hold and then what, what is important for me or, you know, how I can see myself in a mentor or a sponsor. Good, 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 good stuff, Brittany. Yeah. Let's shift gears for just a half step and think about some of the student aspect of this. So whether we're talking undergraduate or graduate, when you think about students, what advice do you have for the student that is seeking mentorship or the person that would like to mentor the student, whether it's graduate or undergraduate level? Yeah, I mean, in mentorship, I think the first step is is a relationship. Grab a coffee, get to know the person, you know, like get to know, you know, who they are, where they come from, where they're trying to go um, to really start, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that journey for the two of you. Uh, Cause I think that's super important. Uh, one of the, the values and culture with LinkedIn is relationships matter. And that's been something for me that has kind of been a value that I hold deep within myself. Um, and so I think that when you are starting that mentorship process um, and relationship with someone, you got to start in the actual relationship. So really getting to know that person and also understanding what expectations are. Um, you'll find this more so in formal formal mentorships. You know, what, what are you needing? Um, what is the goal of this that you want to get out of? But really, you know, if you're you're thinking of somebody as a mentor what are you expecting out of them are you expecting them to talk to you every friday or if they check in quarterly is that fine with you as well you know if y'all have some you know quarterly connection points so 
I think when it comes down to just giving some of those advice, you know, starting in those two areas, you know, um, are, are really key and pivotal. And then you can really take that relationship with what to whatever um, lane and path that you all are wanting to take it in. Um, but those are just some of the areas that I've started with um, when I've sought, sought those out um, and have had those conversations and honestly just kept them going as well is the, the expectations in that relationship. I think those are some key points. And I really like where you honed in on time and frequency and building a relationship. All those things are important. You can't do this cold because you won't open up, whether you're the mentor or you're the mentee. Um, there has to be some common ground built. There has to be some structure if you're talking formal, but even if you're informal, there has to be a get to know you period so that you can work up to building some common goals and some outcomes and some things you hope to see. But if you lean in on the formal end, I agree with Brittany on the, you probably need to come up with, and some people hate this language and bear with me, insert your favorite word, but contract mm -hmm. or understanding or agreement so that people aren't shocked halfway through. Or Brittany, you hit on a little bit earlier, you said something to the context of somebody ended up feeling disappointment or experiencing disappointment because of what you imagine something to be versus in reality how you're experiencing um, the relationship. And a good way to navigate that, we do it in housing all the time, we come up with roommate agreements. Well, those follow, follow with mentoring or sponsorship. Yeah agreed upon times to meet agreed upon frequencies what happens if somebody cannot be there if there's an emergency um or if you know forbid maybe if you're thinking about somebody who is a little bit more senior than you their plate can change mm -hmm. or your plate may change yeah. how do you communicate nimbleness and grace and you know, if there is some uh, miscommunications or if there is a breakdown in a relationship, how do you want to navigate that instead of growing cold, getting stale, and then just letting it fall to the wayside? Right. Um, there's a bit of maturity that comes in having a successful mentorship or honoring a healthy sponsorship. Right. And I threw out healthy and boundaries for a reason because I want to kick in a little bit about expectation. Brittany, how do you think we can reset or establish some healthy expectation when it comes to boundaries in that relationship piece that you mentioned? Because I know you are a relational leader. You are a relationship builder. And so I know that's some of your cornerstones. So I'm going to pick at you and press on you for that. What do people need to keep in mind, whether you're the sponsor, the mentor, the coach, whomever you are, when it comes to establishing, keeping relationships, but then also keeping some healthy boundaries? Yeah, I mean, I think you first have to start off of what your needs are um, and, you know, really being clear on those and, and seeing if that person can meet those. Um, what are the, the goals of this? Uh, what is the goals of this relationship that you all um, will kind of enter into? You know, you speak about that contract part or that acknowledgement or, you know, whatever that may be. So I think that when you're having those conversations, a good way to, you know, set those boundaries is to get clear on um, what the needs and the goals are. 
Um, and then you're, you're able to start and have an open and honest conversation um, with one another of if you're able to meet those. Um, I like in, you know, mentorship relationships, the same as romantic relationships. Like you want to know who you're getting in bed with, right? Like you want exactly. to know <laughs> who you're getting in bed with. So let's have a conversation and really get clear on some things before we enter down this road. Um, and it's no different in, in mentoring relationships. And so I always like to make my needs well known. Um, and then we can both create some common goals. Um, and then some boundaries, you know, boundaries are important in having those actual conversations about those. So if it is like, we'll, we'll, we'll connect every Saturday or Thursday afternoon, you know, we have our weekly standing meetings or, you know, you can, you know, email me at any time if you need something, you know, it's, it's just really being clear on where both people lie and then moving forward in that way. I agree. I definitely agree. And I, I'm one for analogy. So you hit it on the head with, with me about it's no different if it's a personal or romantic relationship. Like, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I need. Let's talk about it. Um, because it's communication. You're hitting on communication when you say that. Because again, it's going to be important um, for you to navigate vulnerable moments or vulnerable yeah. topics or tough topics, you can't do it when you don't know the person, but then too, when you haven't built enough context or um, what is it, social capital with people, that gets hard and you can, you can hit a wall um, with another person if you haven't done that legwork. So I appreciate you hitting on those pieces for us, Brittany. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm real big on expressing what your needs are um, and it's no different in these types of relationships. And I'm going to say facts to that. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you all can tell, Brittany and I go back, uh, we're cut up. Um, so welcome to the cut up, but we will keep it a semi-professional uh, so that you can get something out of here. Right. Um, another piece in there with the boundaries, I want to see um, where this goes in our, our discussion. I'm a stickler for this because I try to be decent with this, but there's been times in the past with informal mentoring where I had to do some referrals or I had to do some connecting. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, I will give this as advice to a mentor, sponsor, mentee, um, person being sponsored. If there are wellness, well-being pieces that are coming up and it's frequent, mm -hmm. That may mean the person on the receiving end of the investment may need to step away and gather some personal or well-being coaching. Mm -hmm. I am a stickler for us honoring each other's time when we enter these relationships that are meant to help us, whether it's personal, professional, leadership, whatever, what have you. But we cause harm to everybody involved in a relationship if we're not honest. When certain things, you know, I think about some of the times that I've had people challenge me, whether they were my sponsor or mentor, formal, informal. And there was a difference between somebody just gave me something really, really hard. And it may take me a few weeks to navigate it. 
versus I'm coming into our meeting space and I'm bleeding out because I haven't taken care of myself. And I'm thinking about the eight dimensions of wellness. So maybe mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and maybe another other area. Mm-hmm. I don't know how often people talk about it, but it's something that I want to raise to the consciousness. Mm-hmm. Mentoring is not the same as undergoing personal counseling. Come on, say it again. Say it again. Pause Mentoring it. is not the same as undergoing personal counseling. Mm-hmm. And you may not know that you it's time for personal counseling or it's a good option until you hit something maybe a, a challenge or a call on behavior or an attitude or disposition. Um, there's been plenty of times, I'm thinking about my time as a graduate student. I was a non-traditional graduate student, which I know some people are like, how can you be a non-traditional graduate student? You mean a graduate student? Trust me, I was a non-traditional graduate student. Yeah. And I had, her name's Miss Tisha. She works um, for a realty company in Atlanta. I love and adore her to death. Um, her identities, African-American woman, born and raised in Michigan, moved to Atlanta at a certain point in her life, married a military person, um, and she came back to school um, for a graduate. She joined our um, college for personnel program at an interesting point in her life, but because there was a substantial age difference, I call it a sister girl moment, she informally would have these push conversations with me yeah. where she knew where I had came from. Cause she was also a parent. Yeah. And for a minute of her life, she was a single parent. Yeah. And so she recognized moments when I was angry, when I was seething, when I could not get past grief I was dealing with. And how if I didn't find a healthy way to channel, deal, and cope, I would end up sabotaging my future because I wasn't able to like navigate those feelings and emotions because I was just being stoic. Like I'm just going to absorb it. But see, everybody else around me would just ignore it or not address it. And she, because she knew and care about it, she called it out. Right. Yeah. Those moments didn't become counseling sessions. I didn't go to her in those moments and say, okay, you pushed on here and now we got to unravel. Yeah. She dropped those gems. Yep. Oh, okay. Miss Tisha spoke. I'm nodding my head right now. You can't see it, but it's like, oh, okay. She just spoke because she saw me. Right. And that's all I needed. And I went and sought resources where I needed to, to help me start working on things that I couldn't see in myself. Maybe I knew I was upset, but I didn't realize how bad it was bleeding out and what it could do if I couldn't learn how to cope. And so when I look at those moments, even to this day, if I bring something up, if it's a me thing, she's going to hold a mirror up. Right. And it's out of love and it's out of, I want to see you be the best version of you. But I've seen and been in the situation where so many times I'm thinking about a situation and I won't divulge any identity example you know, of it. But I had a young lady where after a while, I felt nervous because yeah. of the things being shared. And I started saying things of the nature of, I think you may need to go talk with somebody. 
would you like for me to sit with you and maybe look up some resources that we have on this campus? Are you able to do this on your own? And at a certain point, I had to cut the relationship because I saw the codependency happening. Mm -hmm. And I knew I did not have the bandwidth, the capacity, anything that could have helped that person continue forward in that role. And I also knew it wasn't my role to do that. And I know I'm gonna raise my hand and go a little off topic as an African-American woman with native heritage, didn't matter if I didn't have native heritage. I'm too tribal not to care, but as I continue to grow as a professional, you cannot care the world like Atlas. Mm -hmm. And fortunately for me at that point, I, I was at a place where I could actually, when I say let this young lady go, I didn't throw her into the wind, I didn't abandon her but I started putting in the care notes in our, our school's database so that the Dean's office knew this person is starting to present this way. Here's how the relationship started. It was in relationship to a formal program in my area. Here's some of the conversations. I'm becoming concerned. Let's start doing a wellness check and let somebody formally build some case management around the student so that they can stay on their path. But then we have some healthy boundaries. So I know that was a little bit long-winded, but because of that situation, and I've heard from other people I know who are successful women, and there's other identities involved, but I think sometimes as marginalized populations who are carrying a lot of different environmental, personal, family type stuff in our lives, and it comes out on this role because we're working with people who have similar stories to us, I think it can bleed out. And I think you have to acknowledge that before you interrupt a relationship in terms of healthiness. So that was long-winded, but I don't know. Brittany, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's key, you know, recognizing that, you know, your mentor is not your therapist um, <laughs> and being able to do that. But I think that's also the beauty of the relationship because when you actually have a relationship with a mentor, they are, they're able to get that vulnerable with you to give you those resources and make those recommendations, right? They're able to hold that mirror up and say, hey, like, this is what I'm seeing. You know what I'm saying? Like, how can I help you? You know, where, where, where can we um, take this? What do we need to do um, to help you to, you know, get back to the, the, the healthiest place that you need to be in? And so um, I'm 100% with that. I think that in the mentor relationships, both on the mentee and the mentor, there is that responsibility to consistently stay checked into the relationship to know if it's getting derailed in a way that's no longer productive and being able to, you know, route it back um, in, in the direction that it needs to go. And so I think as far as mentors are concerned, being very clear that, look, I cannot, you know what I'm saying, like hold that title for you. I cannot hold that space for you in those ways. Like we can definitely have some real talk conversations, but when it enters into a different, you know, lane, then we might need to switch into something else uh, so that you can get the help that you need. And then on the mentee, you know, recognizing, you know, the difference between that too, when, when, when you have, when you're consistently checking in with yourself to say, this is, this is no longer just me being able to vent about my day. Like I, this is something that is consistently coming up for me. Um, and I need to seek out the help, you know what I'm saying? Like to, to kind of work through it as well. So I'm, I'm with you hundred percent on that. Those are good gems, Brittany. Those are really good gems. And I know we chuckled a little bit but, um, in the area when we said your mentor is not your therapist. 
again, please know, membership, we are not laughing at mental health. Yeah. Um, that is not our intent. But I think that also speaks to, because we're having a candid discussion, it's easy, and I'm just going to talk from my identities. I think it's easy because some African-American women tend to be very communal. It's very easy for us to walk in a space and hold space with each other, say very little, and feel like we just connected. So it's not hard to bleed out on somebody else who shares like um, like identities or maybe shared experiences, whether you've had that explicit conversation or not. But because of that same sisterly bond or that communal bond that can come when you cross paths with good spirits and good vibes, that's also why I want to speak to that because... In this day and age, everybody needs to protect their energy, and we need to protect our well-being. So, absolutely, plus a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I want to round us off with thinking about mentoring and sponsorship and encouraging people how to go about doing it. So I know we talked about what happens once you have it and setting up structure, but let's say you do see somebody, you're at a conference or you're watching something online and you feel inspired and you want to reach out to somebody and ask for some mentorship, or you just want to create a relationship, or maybe somebody has seen you somewhere and say, hey, I witnessed your work. I'm really, you know enthused about what you're doing for our campus or our association. Let's connect, let's meet. Maybe that's a potential sponsor. Brittany, what are your thoughts about how people can bridge those connections? Yeah, I mean, one of the first things that comes to mind is asking if they're even open to it. Um, you know, really doing your research into who that person is and why you think it would be um, valuable not only for yourself, but, you know, for them as well, and then asking them if they're open. So, hey, I see that you are a pillar in the community. You have, you know, really transformed a lot of women's lives in these, you know, various ways and, you know, list all of those out. Um, I'm, I'm, in, I'm looking for a mentor. I would love, you know, for that to be you. Just wanted to see if you were open to, you know, accepting anyone as a mentor um, right now. I think those are some of the best um, ways to approach it. Um, I know from a mentee standpoint, really getting clear on why this person would be a valuable mentor is, you know, important for, for you to know. And then it also then gives the mentor the, the understanding of, you know, where they, what value they can bring into the relationship. So, you know, what are some skills that they, they already have that you see in them that could help? And then, and then vice versa, if it's the mentor reaching out to a potential mentee, um, learning more about them and, you know, kind of explicitly giving some of that um, information as well. So I think it starts off with doing your own research and then, you know, making the ask of that person and just, you know, being vulnerable in that. So I always am a fan of, you know, coffee chats if you are in closer proximity or heck, I mean, now in these day and ages, you can hop on Zoom and do a quick coffee chat via virtually. Come on, look at that. Um, and just, and just, you know, opening up that, that relationship in those ways. I think that if you are in the market for and are looking for ways to start those conversations, those are um, some pretty simple and easy ways um, that you can, can do that. 
Brittany, I couldn't have said it better. I am a fan. Again, people, Brittany's words, you need to do some research, find out more, see where the commonalities are and how to contact. But then also, Brittany, what was that last point? You got to ask the question, are you open to, do you have the capacity for? <laughs> and if you're thinking about Brittany's romantic um, analogy from earlier, can we talk? <laughs> I want to highlight you. Listen, okay, you know we had to cut up. All of those. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yes, all of those um, are just really extremely important. I think mentorship is just important in general. Um, sponsorship is equally as important. And, you know, as you're doing your the work and the journey, just getting clear, starting with yourself and then, you know, moving that outward. Indeed, indeed. Brittany, it's been a joy to absorb some of these great gems on mentorship, um, building that relationship um, with a sponsor. Any parting words for the people tuned in? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that, like I said, start with you, really get clear on what your needs are, um, and and then, you know, start creating a list, you know what I'm saying, just of people that you either admire, you are inspired by, um, and then, you know, doing that work, um, and then reaching out to them as well. So um, it's a journey. It's not a sprint. Uh, some mentors will be in your life for years and years and years. Some will be in your life for a, a specific season. Um, so really understanding that it's a journey. Um, and it's one that you, you can just continuously kind of reinvent as you grow and learn. So will your, your needs for mentorship and sponsorship as well. Um, so keep at it. Don't, you know, give up. And I, I promise you there's, there's wonderful, amazing people out there that are looking to have some coffee chats with you to, um, hold some of those titles as well. Outstanding. Again, it's been a pleasure having Brittany Williams here former superly involved member of ACY, but still a friend of the association by far. Again, today's topic was about mentorship and sponsorship, really targeting marginalized racial identities and the importance of having these opportunities in your life, but also how to manage those. So again, thank you for tuning in. That concludes our discussion. See you next episode. See you next episode. Bye y'all.